Welcome to the Painted Dialectic. I'm your host, Josh Green, a painter and art educator living in New York City. And today, me and co-host of Studio Art, Kenny Jordan, are going to take you on another mental journey through the idea of a point. Now, I know maybe a point isn't too exciting, but we can really expand our ideas and our fundamental understanding of a point through dialectic. So today, me and Kenny are going to present the idea of a point as a physical mark on the canvas and the mental point, how we conceive of the point in the mind. This is a continuation of me and Kenny's original philosophy. We're calling it the elements of painting, where we try to present new perspectives on old ideas. I hope you enjoyed today's show. And remember, don't just listen to the podcast, participate in it. Go to our Patreon page. We have many tiers with behind-the-scenes content where you can subscribe and help support the podcast. If you'd like to study with me and Kenny, go to greenatelier.art and sign up for lessons. If you'd like to check out my Instagram page, it's Josh Green Artist. And if you'd like to check out my website, it's joshgreenart.com. Kenny, welcome back to the show. What's good, man? How you doing today? Doing good. You left him with a lot to think about this last week. <laughs> and gotcha. uh, in, our, in our conversations outside of the podcast about marks and points, you, you left me cool. a lot to think about last night as I started writing up my script. Last week we talked about the, the potential, right, of a blank canvas, of a blank mind. We have to clear a space to allow something new to happen. But now we're going to talk about the initial marks of something happening, mm-hmm. the beginning of something. And so I think the easiest ways to think about that is, is a mark or a point, right? So yeah. once again, I'm just going to try to divide things up so that we can talk about them because we get pretty conceptually in depth. We have the physical mark, so the actual paint or charcoal or whatever on the paper canvas and then we have the mental point just like in the last episode we had a physical canvas and then the mental page right so i'm just going to present those two terms and just kind of talk about their definitions so that we know what we're talking about and then i'll go into my argument and then we can go to counter arguments and then and then your argument for uh for for a starting point or, or a point okay cool I looked up, uh, so a mark, a lot of different definitions for mark. One is a boundary of land. And um, some of the really old terms for mark meant like the the edge of the forest, right? So kind of like where the town ends or the settlement ends and, and nature begins. I thought that was interesting. A mark can also be a reference for travelers, like some sort of mark on a trail, a notch, or like what we're talking about, an actual mark to mark a specific point on an object. A mark can also be a target. Did he hit his mark, right? The the archer. It can be a goal in that sense. It came from that, kind of making your mark. Uh, did you achieve your goal or the object of your goal? And those, those words go way back to Proto-European. And then for point is um, in the 1200s, it was um, like a minute amount 
a single item in a hole. Thought that was interesting. A sharp end of a sword. In today's time? I think you can feel the essence of those coming through. I think you can see how each of those definitions has become sort of like uh, some saying in English. Like, did he make his mark? Did he come? Did we arrive at the point, you know, we wanted to make? The starting point, the end point? So we hear those phrases for each of those definitions in it. And I think maybe a fluid um, signified behind, you know, the signifier, depending on the context we're talking in. So to make it easy, would you would you just say to put them in order and just in our context, um, uh, a mark comes after a point? I'm, I'm just, for my definition, to make it easy for this conversation, I'm going to say a mark is a physical density on the canvas or paper. We are talking about a specific point on that canvas. We want to mark it off to set a boundary, just like in the, the definition of a of a city, I may mark the highest point of your head, the widest widths of your cheeks, the bottom of your chin. I may put those marks down, those physical densities, to mark a boundary. And then the points I'm trying to make with those marks relate to my perception of you. If I'm doing a portrait of you, I, my, my perception, I'm making a point at the top of your head. And then I take the action to make a mark where that point is. And then I go back and I judge, did my mark match my point, or do I need to readjust? And then I readjust until those things correspond, right? Does that, mm-hmm. so I, when I think of a point, when I started trying to define it, I started getting into kind of your philosophy. I thought that was really useful for a point, is that you can get into a mental space, like a perception, and you kind of coagulate a portion of that you know like i'm going to focus on that and you set a parameter like that's where the mark's going to be in my practice to bring up my shoto training i thought this was really useful for mark too is um they imagine that they're sewing a string through the entire painting you enter it when the brush touches the canvas or the paper and then you go on a travel and you exit it And you do that also in a point. You enter and exit a point. So we enter into this space of potential. We kind of set a boundary and we densify it, right? We we coagulate it. And that can be the physical paint mark or that can be something mental, like the page we're reading that mark as a point in our mind, right? As a boundary. Is that pretty, Mm -hmm. any questions about that? Does that make sense? So far, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, to everyone listening, Me, it yeah. does. Um, <laughs> so, in our conversation outside this episode, you pushed me to travel really deep to see the whole process of mark making. Okay, so now I want to present that to you. I'm going to try to to uh, to meet to meet your standard you set for me. I'm going to present two kind of mental loops. Okay, I have loop one and loop two. Okay. The first, loop one, I'm going to say we start with a mental potential, and that leads to a meta-awareness. And so a meta-awareness is awareness outside of your awareness. And that meta-awareness leads to your 
perceptive awareness. So that's being aware of your vision, what you're looking at. And then that perceptive awareness leads to information. Okay. And so by saying information, we can both talk about visual information and then mental information like thoughts, you know, things like that. So that is loop one. So first we look at this thing and we go through that loop. You know, I'm, I'm looking at a new thing. There's a potential. I'm becoming aware of my awareness of that, my perception of that. And I'm, and I'm processing this information. And then once I see these, these mental points that I'd like to put on the page of the canvas, I enter into loop two. So loop two starts the same way, potential, meta-awareness. But this time we go to an intent, an intent to place a mark that leads to the action of marking, which leads to entering the canvas, coagulating the paint on the canvas, and then exiting the canvas. And then we go back to loop one, where there's a change been made, we reassess it, we process it again, and see if that, if these, if that physical mark corresponds with the mental point. Right. So I think that's that's as much information yeah. as I need to give out at this moment. But um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. If you agree with me, if you disagree, <laughs> um, weaknesses or strengths, whatever. Sounds good. It definitely fits with um, what you're saying about yeah. the Eastern philosophy. How they you know you, like you weave in and out. It looks like it goes a little beyond your your first argument that you came up with um this past week it, it looks like everything that we you were trying to get at fits inside of this to me it works i would only ask questions of could you go into meta awareness more yeah that's a tricky idea so that's that's a common term that, that people can look up there's lots of information on that but um it's a psychological term this is easier to understand if, if people are meditators. Meditators are very aware of that. So you have your like general awarenesses. Like um, there's three kind of general ones. There's um, a focused awareness where your awareness is kind of like a little needle point. Maybe if you're reading line by line or, or doing anything that requires focus, you're using a focused awareness. Then there's like a passive awareness it's kind of like you're walking on the street and your eyes bouncing around to what's going on. It's not really directed in any way. And then there's kind of like an ambient awareness where say you're at the beach and you're taking in a whole sunset, a big landscape in front of you and you're feeling the wind and everything like this big awareness. The, none of those are meta awareness. Those are all like perceptive awarenesses. Okay. Okay. So a meta awareness which a lot of meditators experience is an awareness behind all three of those so that you can observe yourself looking. If you're trying to understand yourself, you go throughout your day, but you have a meta-awareness of watching yourself, right? So you can understand your patterns. That's how you get insight on you. So maybe, say you have a problem... Um, stress eating you know mm -hmm. i may have that <laughs> at first in those ordinary awarenesses i might not 
understand why that's happening. But I know that every habit has um, a trigger. It has the cycle that you go through and then a reward at the end. Mm-hmm. So Josh's cortisol levels spike, the stress hormone is spiking. That means Josh needs feels like he needs to leave his studio or his home, go down to the bodega, buy some junk food, and then eat it. And then all that dopamine is released and my cortisol levels drop and I feel good. But my insulin level is spiking and I'm becoming unhealthy, right? And I'm also wasting money. So I don't want to be unhealthy and I don't want to waste money. So by developing a meta-awareness, I can become aware that my trigger is a certain stress level. I need to get my stress level down so I can replace that with a routine that's healthy. Maybe meditating or exercising also raises up, you know, good good positive um, neurotransmitters. And then I get that reward, right? But you need a meta-awareness to change that habit. So does that, does that help with meta-awareness? Yeah, so meta-awareness would be, I guess, a name to say, like, self-awareness. Yeah, yeah, I think, it, I think it'd be self-awareness. Yeah, so here's a definition that I see. Uh, metacognition, which is the same thing as meta-awareness, is an awareness of one's thought processes and an understanding of the patterns behind them. So that, that corresponds directly with the whole thing I just said about stress eating. So if you meditate... Um, that's how, you know, when you, people talk about what passively watching thoughts and feelings, well, you have to create that meta of awareness to be outside of your thoughts and feelings. So it's like the westernized way to say mindfulness. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. So it's, we're just paying attention or we're watching our mind. Yeah. This is just a psychology term, the popular one today to talk about that. But, uh. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I guess mindfulness is that, self-aware, maybe. So I think you have that potential to experience or to have all these things that leads to meta-awareness of your perceptive awareness. Okay. So that's, your perceptive awareness just happens. You just see. You don't have to construct your vision. But you may have to think about what you're seeing sometimes or there's something ambiguous you need to solve but vision just happens just like feeling especially hearing i wish i could stop my hearing in the city because i i can't stop it i have to hear everything that's going around me all the time why why well if if someone's in the street with some loud speakers at 2 a.m i just have to hear that right unless if i get some earplugs or whatever can you tune? i'm not in control of that Huh? Can you tune it out? I if I'm tired enough, I just go to sleep. But yeah, but see, like that's all unconscious processing. I'm not really in control of that. What do you mean? Oh. Well, I can't. I can't stop hearing. I can't. I can close my eyes, right? Or I can block up my my uh, my ears with something, but I can't that sensations in the environment and it's interacting with my body. If that thing wasn't there, then it wouldn't have the interaction. I can't stop that unless it's removed from the environment. Right. Gotcha. 
So meta-awareness is kind of stepping back and watching all of that happen. Watching me get upset at it. So I have, I have the, the me getting upset and then have the me watching me getting upset. Right? <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. And then all that, yeah, and that goes in perfectly with the information. There's all this information coming in from the environment. And there's also information internally, too. Like my thoughts, feelings, that's all internal information that's being sensed, right? Mm-hmm. Heartbeats, um, stomach gurgling, hunger, um, cortisol levels. <laughs> Those are all internal information, right? Some of that I'm in control of, some of it I'm not, right? But um, I guess the, the meta-awareness kind of chooses where to focus and so in the case of if i'm doing a portrait painting of you i'm focusing on your face and to be more specific my awareness of the perception of your face hmm. so that's loop one <laughs> gotcha yeah and then action after because i'm trying to make a painting of you i have the intent to make a painting and then I also have the intent of that specific moment. I'm beginning the painting. I just need to put down some information. It's all going to be wrong. So I need to just put it down in a general way. And then I'll get specific over time. I'll get everything to correlate correctly. But you have to get those initial marks done. So these are the beginning marks, right, of a painting. Mm -hmm. The awareness, you call it a space. But I think I want to use awareness instead. The awareness jumps into something that's kind of fluid and, and gaseous like a perception like an awareness and we densify it into a mark or a point like like that idea of all that observation of my habit is like this cloud i don't understand it and then i start observing it and once i see a pattern all of a sudden it's a solid it's a tangible point it's a density that I can go at back to and act on, right? So that's the point in the mind, understanding that pattern, and then um, also understanding the perception. So the first points I lay down, the starting points of a painting, I'm just marking off where the boundaries are going to be for what I'm drawing. I'm just putting down marks to kind of figure out where this constellation of Kenny's head is going to be on the canvas. So I can relay this marks. And then there's final marks also. Points come back at the very end, like the highlights. You know, the most famous one is putting the, putting the highlight on the eye, right? That's the final mark, the final point, the finishing points. Yeah, but I tried, I tried to make this very, very thin, lightweight, easy to understand. Because that's pretty complex stuff, you know? Hopefully, I've successfully taken those complex patterns and put them <laughs> into a point. <laughs> All right. Um, if you got my point and, this, and you don't have any problems with it, I think we need to move on to yours. I did get your point. There's only one thing that would that I would see that maybe be a little mixed up, especially when I move on to my point, would be when I said space and you think, what I was calling space was awareness for you. That would just happen to be your your awareness or your space. So it's an individual space 
And for me, that that would be the only thing. For me, it was like, okay, it's important to individuate that space, and then it becomes like, yeah, you're aware of your own individual space. So, and then I'm like, yeah, I use it as awareness at that point. But you, you still, you still, there's other things around you. Yeah, that's just like, cause I spent a lot of time thinking about it. I re-listen to everything we record mm-hmm. multiple times, and I really think about it. You know, I relate to to information. For me, reality mm-hmm. is equal to information. And so uh, when we enter a space, whether it's a mental one or a physical one, I think a lot of people get caught up in the physical. But actually, it's just information. Maybe that's a unique perspective that I, from my painting training is I'm able to see the world in the 3D way that we're born with, where we're projecting concepts and mapping our world. But I can also switch to the painting eye and just see it as raw visual information. A mosaic of light, of color, of value. And then I can jump in between those. The raw mosaic of the visual field that I can translate into paint strokes. Or the actual 3D conceptual mapping of reality. Right. They're both just information. Right. All right, man. You're up. Um, so what we were talking about yesterday, that's why I was like, it was just a line of reasonings. And that line of reasonings that we talked about was, um, anytime we get to talking about the physical and the mental, um, just be aware of what's observing. And most people, when they have like how to do's or trying to tell someone what to do, how to follow along, or when you may read something in the book, most are unaware that throughout history and today people are observing from a specific space and it's important to locate that space of observation before moving forward with the information that you take in so and just to add that i think you got on you did you did find your way of adding it you know you the meta awareness so that's you saying that's where you're looking from, that's where you're observing from, and there you go. So I think there's many ways to to approach it. For me, um, one of my goals is to kind of keep going beyond and beyond spaces we may be aware of. That's just encountering something new, and that's just me going beyond. It's not someone else going beyond. I don't take on the responsibility to think for someone else or to construct for someone else there. Um, but to to connect and then understand that I wasn't aware of some of these things in the, at first. And then once you sit and meditate on that, and when I say meditate, I don't mean concentrate on something. I'm the opposite of concentrating. I would call, when people meditate and concentrate on a single point, I would call that pondering. When, when I say meditate, I just mean clearing out to to gain a space of you know emptiness um or just nothing there so when i do a pay attention to the next thing i have that space of of nothing to now fill up so i bring something new to the table to fulfill and if you go down the loops as what you would call it once you start traveling down these loops you know you get to see points with a freshness with with nothing added so that becomes your first problem or one of the problems. It may not be your first problem when you order, uh, however you sit down and do art, however you kind of bring things together. 
um, but it is thrown in the equation. You know, a lot of times when we start art at an early age, we kind of arrive at that point of not having anything, but we're just looking at the physical. Or, you know, we have probably made up what we understand as the life we live, you know, and maybe we haven't, like, branched out into a new space to gain that, like, nothing or, or you know, that that need of fulfillment. It's kind of a lack right there, not necessarily a made space to fulfill. So um, I think it's important, again, I just reiterate, just be aware of the space. Understand that you're an individual in that space. And what I mean by individual in that space, um, I would be attributing that to what you say would be your meta-awareness. So you have a meta-awareness within a space that you know you can only have your perception of. You can look at spaces on a bunch of different levels in that way. And then, you know, you you try to reach a destination um, to either to interact. So I call a point uh, interaction, you know, so and that's either within or without or, you know, outside of you or within you. Either way it go, it's an inter- interaction. And you can either reach that point, miss that point, demonstrate that point through density with a mark. Or demonstrate that point, you know. There's other mental ways to demonstrate a point, um, but you kind of you kind of demonstrate it through your physicality in in some form of instance. And I think kind of there's no sense right now to really go into the minute levels of density, but we'll just keep it at marks on a surface for now. Yeah. So an interaction, I can get that with marking. I can get that, like, the, the act of go- entering and exiting, like I was saying earlier. But I guess also, like, you enter a space, you interact with it there, and then you exit that mental space. Did that become a point? I feel like, I feel like for it to become a point, there needs to be a density, right? It needs to come to some decisive thing. Because you can jump into a space and it might be like a mood, where it's very ambiguous, like an atmosphere, right? It doesn't really come to a point. So I just want to push you in that direction a little bit more. Like, what what happens in this interaction? Cool. So when I heard you explain it, uh, you went in. You went in before you said interaction. So when I say interaction, I just mean um, whatever friction you feel, and it's an event. So one atmosphere interacting with another atmosphere causes different forms of weather, just in our case. Um, one can be within another, or one can be right next to another. And if one is right next to another, then both of those two things that are interacting are within the same space. You know what I'm saying? So when we start looking at interactions on that level yes they are still forms of information so that's a form of density because it's in form and and, you know it's a collection of things in form and you can pull different things out and you know piece together information however you may be but um that kind of now gets into what i was pointing at as far as going a little beyond meta awareness and that is okay. And that is there's two individual things interacting and your perception 
is how you see those two things interact. But if we start looking at just awareness or space period, if we just look at space and how it needs to be occupied or it can be unoccupied, we know that it can hold potential in different forms of density and it can be within different forms of density. So it can be around, it can be fused, and it can be within. And depending on your sight or perception of these things, from far away it could be a point. Up close you probably can look in it. I like that. I like the zooming in and out. Yeah. Uh, That's an interesting take on it. Like the earth could be a point, but we're on the earth and it's, it's like a giant plane, a terrain. Where the whole galaxy could be a point from a certain viewpoint, right? If, if we're far enough away, if you zoom in. Same with the paper. We could zoom into that, that ink or the, the ink on the paper or the, the paintbrush stroke. That look like a, a mountainous, you know, slimy <laughs> <laughs> thing, yeah. right? Maybe that may not run congruent with like some intentions in the realm of just pushing art further. And maybe you're in a case where you want to push your art further. You know, you can just always go back to the natures of these forms of information itself. I hope when I said natures in that aspect, you get what I mean as far as, like, the nature of something and not, like, nature outside. Because nature outside still come from natures. And everything in nature isn't natural. So that's why I was like, I think... The observation of these points is very, uh, we got to just look at where we're coming from, you know. So would that be like my loops? Would that be observing my my natures and the natures of a point? So yeah, like you, yeah. So your that meta-awareness would be observing, you could observe habits or you could observe your natures. But once you start observing natures, you're going to move past the meta or you're going to move past your meta. And then now that kind of jumps into another ball game. And now everyone, you see that everyone has a place there. Just like everyone has a quote-unquote meta awareness, but everyone may not use it, so everyone may not be mindful of something. But everyone does have a mind, you know. So once you kind of go into that space, then it's like, oh, if we all have one, then you're looking at us all. And we are all in a space. And that's when it kind of gets into, you know, the um, the transition of, of space, you know. It's like, damn, space densifies. Yeah, I mean, like, density is real important. We have all this empty, like, actual space outside, and then we have the density of the earth, right? Well, I, I look at them as the same. Uh, I look. They look like one sh- one line of events that if you turn it at a different angle, um, you can give a up, down, left, right correspondence to it. Or you can just get rid of up, down, left, right and just say something expanded and something contracted. Wow, this idea of a point can go a lot of things down. I can now. I'm thinking like the canvas is defined by a boundary, and that boundary could become since it has a boundary like like in the definition of mark the edge of the forest the edge of the town 
That could become a mark. Like the canvas itself becomes a point. I don't know if you really want to go in this way, but you're you are going this way. But what I'm about to say, you tilt what you're looking at in your mind, and we all look at texture all the time. But we don't take texture in the sense of we we just like we live on the world. We don't think that we are of the world. We don't we don't believe that we are earth. We earth. You know what I mean? Like we we forget that earth is an element, and that element is surrounding other elements. So what we call earth is like we it's like we we don't really take it seriously. We just like ah that's earth. It's like the TV name for it. It's like the the kitsch name for it. But it's like Earth is an element, and that is like the skin. It's the skin of the densities that you're within. Okay. Because that jumps to more of like a conceptual... Like maybe that's like the projection of this is Earth. I see Earth as a boundary, or like Kenny is the boundaries of his body, right? I, I've, Kenny ends at the skin. Trick, take Earth and replace it with practical it's it's practical it's it's dense it it is it's the most solid form that's earth the most solid form is earth that that rain that's earth that water that's earth but most we we got into naming things because we can understand the difference between all these different states of density and these different states of when they you know, what happens when they go through this atmosphere, this atmosphere, this atmosphere. What happens when we calculate time with them? We're able to separate and give these things so many names and titles so we can know, like, we can order information. But it's it's funny to hear all these movements and we're like, we're all oneness. And then, like, not apply that to back in all this information. You know, like, it's like people have done the work for you to get here but to understand it you still have to go back to where the people started their work you may not have to do all the work yourself you know like good they've done it for you we have technology but to invent something new you're going to have to at least go back to the starting point of going beyond or extending or expanding that space of conception not not the space of physicality to me that's going in or traveling around a point and so that now that point turns into a a parameter so let me try to tie this together a little bit i like the idea that you said of oneness because we can see all these things as separate but depending on the parameter or the word or signifier we're playing with we can now bind those into a group but the idea of oneness is everything melts into that it all becomes a point correct i like that it could just be a bunch of random people, or we could call ourselves American, and now we're in a point in America. <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. We're just a bunch of random strangers I don't know, yeah. but now we're in a point. We feel united under that yeah. point. Okay. And, yeah. And taking it, like, just bringing that full circle back to art. I think there's so many um, spaces, avenues, perspectives to make marks from looking at all these things. It's really useful. And the thing I liked that you did for me yesterday was I was looking at the definitions, the etymology of mark and point, and I was thinking, you know, very basically about it, and you go, go back to your starting point. And so I did a deep dive into my psychology, yeah, cool. and I came back with this really, you know, 
lightweight loop, one loop, two loop, right? Thick. But that came through intense observation, right? And in and memory of my practice. Just by observing myself, I'm able to have a somewhat new perspective that I fit into common signifiers that people use today because I'm trying to communicate to as many people as possible these ideas. Mm-hmm. So I have my raw experiments and then I put them in the point of a signifier, right? Right. And then, but I redefine them. I show you a new way to do it that's a signified, right? I, I give you a new signified. So the, the point is really an interesting thing. It's kind of like a mental box, an envelope that you can wrap everything up in, right? To, yeah. And, and that point can contain space and other solid things and other objects or like America as a nation, all these different people and everything that don't really have much to do with each other except we can wrap it all up in one concept and then we can simulate that together and now we're united. We're all imagining this point. So that's really cool. I didn't expect point to go there, but point went there. Well, you yeah. So <laughs> I think it's funny because it's like um, this. All this kind of came about in that first time we were recording, it fell apart when we was. I think we had jumped from point line. Um, I think you did like an angle or something. You went somewhere, and I was just like, "Well, let's catch I, everyone I, up." So, go ahead. In preparation to these now multiple episodes, me and Kenny tried to fit this all in one episode. And I think the recording (laughs) lasted about three hours and we were completely deranged by the end of it. So now we broke it down into smaller concepts, but that's what he's talking about. (laughs) Yeah. So we just started kind of traveling, um, points, lines, angles, and enclosures. Shapes. You know, so yeah, yeah, shapes. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. When we got to shapes, it was like, we was, we were out of we it. was already like slightly too far off from each other, but like still like inter intersecting at certain points. And it was just like ah shit, like this. We're <laughs> definitely gonna have to like get a little closer, <laughs> or this is gonna be crazy. So cool. Yeah, I, I hope we made a a good mark and solid point. And thank <laughs> you to everyone who's listening. Thank you for making this podcast a reality. And thank you to everyone who's supporting us on the Patreon or sharing our content. It really means a lot. Me and Kenny and Dylan have all worked really hard on this podcast. So thank you so much. And remember to be critically creative.